kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is all about my recent trip to Namibia. I've got stories about scorpions, flat tires, big-breasted naked women, dinosaurs, donkey water, and how I almost killed Herman. Oh, almost killed Herman. Uh, The music for the show I recorded as I drove around my road trip around Namibia. I actually have so many stories, so much stuff happened in Namibia that there's actually going to be more Namibia stories in the next episode with the normal airline stories. And um, I also, I don't really like to have just my voice in the podcast, so I'm going to add in some popular sound bites from past episodes. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so my flight to Namibia, I first went through Johannesburg, which is, you know, a quick, short, nothing, 15-hour flight. And uh, I'd gotten my boarding card, a middle seat and coach. And, you know, I'd pretty much accepted the middle seat 15-hour coach experience. You know, I'm not paying good money for the seat. I'm standby. So, you know, coach is still better than not going, right? So uh, I'm, I'm accepted it because there were, there was one seat left in first class. And I was number one of the standbys, but there were two regular people, when I say real people, like paying people who had used miles, I suppose, to uh, upgrade to first class. So not only is there one person, there's two people ahead of me and there's one seat. So I just went ahead and boarded and I had stopped at Duty Free to get um, chocolates for the crew, Uh, you know, just being nice. I didn't know anybody on the crew. And uh, at the exact moment, get this, at the exact moment I got the chocolates out of my bag, here comes the flight attendant with my new boarding card for one seat. (laughs) So I never found out if um, the real people misconnected or what I suspect is they were together and didn't want to split up. So they didn't take the one first class seat, uh, which is surprising. But, you know, some people say karma's a bitch. Well, sometimes I say she's an angel, too. (laughs) I get the chocolates out and got my upgrade. Woohoo! I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So lots of times when I'm going to a new place, I've never heard anybody pronounce the name of the city. So I don't really know how to pronounce it. And I just guess the uh, the capital of Namibia is what I was saying, uh, Windhoki or Windhoke. It's 
W-I-N-D, wind, H-O-E-K. So I knew I was probably saying it wrong. I was like, wind hawk? <laughs> well, I met a lot of nice people um, on the plane ride from Johannesburg to what I t- found out is windhook. Windhook, not windhoki, and it means windy corner. Now, I talked to this real nice girl uh, waiting for the flight, so friendly, and then a nice lady um, sitting next to me on the flight, and both of them gave me the same advice. They said, yes, it's actually Namibia is very safe, um, but they do have some things that are very dangerous. Uh, scorpions, talking big scorpions. One person at one point told me they could be like the size of a grapefruit, and uh, they have different types, and one of them is so dangerous it's funny, they both said in a very matter-of-fact way, uh, yeah, you don't make it to the hospital. And it's like, whoa! So they said to always check your shoes. And then they also were talking about snakes, and there were different types of snakes, that there was a black snake, a zebra snake, and again, saying, um, yep, don't make it to the hospital. And I was like, ooh. So, uh, you know... I'm in airports all the time. I basically live in airports. And um, going from Johannesburg to Namibia on Air Namibia. And uh, I, I kind of always make fun of those people that do that big saran wrap, wrap their luggage thing. You wrap, 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 the luggage. Um, and I always kind of thought, you know, who, you don't really need to do that. Well, guess what? <laughs> I should have done that. Should have paid for the saran wrap suitcase because I had a lock on my suitcase. I checked my suitcase because I had liquids. And um, when I got my bag, I knew something was wrong because the zippers weren't where they were before and the lock was gone. Uh, They actually, kindly enough, I suppose, the luggage people who went through my bag uh, put the bent unusable lock back in my bag uh, and they moved. I know they went through everything, you know, looking for something valuable. I didn't have anything valuable in there, but you know, everything is thrown around. Everything they went in a a bunch of um, uh, zippered bags and stuff. And I was thinking that these baggage handler thieves were probably like, what the hell? Because I have the Betty doll, the Betty Barbie doll with the Betty in the sky with the suitcase. Um, suitcase. Uh, I had it in a little, I had everything um, like wrapped up small because I didn't check my bag on my first flight. So, um, uh, and I want it, you know, so I don't have to check a bag. I want every, I have it basically rubber bands around everything. So I had the Betty doll in a container with rubber bands and they obviously opened it because, um, you know, the suitcase was thrown out and stuff, but they were probably thinking, what the F? I take a Barbie doll stewardesses. This isn't worth any money. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) So I was driving myself in Namibia and uh, I was worried about the drive because um, they drive on the left. Now, I've done it quite a few times, like in the Caribbean and and things. So I'm not... uh, it wasn't my first time, so I was thinking I do have a, a bit of experience, but it is stressful because you have that muscle memory of always wanting to go to the right, especially when you're lost in things. And um, and then I was also worried about driving with the animals, and I was worried about having a flat tire when they say don't get out of the car, because then what do you do? Just stay in the car? Um, so the driving was rather stressful uh, for any number of reasons. First off, being on the left. So I kept telling myself, I talked to myself the whole time. 
stay left, stay left, 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 left. <laughs> but you know, their, um, their steering wheel is on the right and their turn signal is on the other side that I'm used to and the windshield wiper. So they're, they're switched, they're flip-flopped. Now, I've been driving for so many years that you automatically go for the turn signal where it's always been, right? So it was very stressful because um, the driving, this was not in the park, but just in the highways, they would have uh, lane closures where, you know, you just have to stop and wait for the other people to go down the one-way road and then you'd get your turn. There was an accident uh, one time where there were like, it was a a tractor trailer and then a cliff and they're waving me to come on and I was like, ah! And plus, it's a bigger car than I'm used to. Uh, so um, the other thing was, I was it's taking me so much longer to get everywhere. So like if it said on the internet that it'd take four hours, it was taking me at least six, sometimes eight, because I'd get behind a big truck or something going slow, and there's only two lanes. And um, so then to pass, you have to go into the oncoming traffic lane. And then, you know, then it'd be like, da and you have to get back because there's a car coming straight at you, you know, and they're going fast. And so, uh, but it, there were times where I would have to pass because otherwise it's going to take me forever because I'd be going, I'd be going behind something, that was, somebody that was going like 40 kilometers an hour where it's like the speed limit was 120. So I'm thinking, well, this four hour drive is going to take me 12 if I stay behind this giant truck. So I'm going to have to do that scary maneuver that you go out in the oncoming traffic and, uh, and, you know, and I'm telling myself, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. <laughs> But it's so scary, too. So I try to wait till I thought it was a long stretch. And, you know, you inch out into the oncoming traffic and you think, okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Ah! And then I do the turn signal and then there are the windshield wipers are going. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> and I did. I made it out in front over there. And it's like, oh, but I'll tell you so many times in Namibia, I was doing a ah! while my windshield wipers were going and it wasn't raining. Now, on the many drives I did in Namibia, I kept running into strange, odd, weird circumstances, and I uh, wouldn't know quite what to do with them. Uh, sometimes they were just random. Like, uh, there was very few people. I mean, it's a very low population in Namibia, and I'd be on some road. Uh, it was lovely when there wasn't anybody in front of me or back of me, so I didn't have to worry about doing the scary uh, passing and oncoming traffic. But um, there would be times where I'm out in the middle of freaking nowhere and like one time there's just a guy like I'd always try to keep my wits about me because there could be animals on the road and um like if I saw something way up ahead of me it'd be like okay there's something up there gotta pay attention there's something you know could be an animal and uh I get closer to it and it's a guy walking with a guitar and it's kind of like what are you doing out here like what where where'd you come from uh another time uh somebody a couple times people were trying to wave me down that they wanted a ride and you know I can't I can't pick up you know a hitchhiker in Africa you know I just can't do it so I'd kind of be like oh sorry make the wave like sorry um another time uh this was on like a dirt road um two very large-breasted naked uh local women were trying to flag me down you know to stop and I'm like uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know I don't know. They weren't in trouble. They wanted to like sell me necklaces or something, but I'm not stopping for the uh, big breasted naked women. And then another time, this was on the first day. uh, And whenever 
you're in a new place. You you don't know how on guard you're supposed to be. And this was like one of my first big drives. And uh, one of the nice things in Namibia, uh, they would have a little sign with a tree. Uh, it'd be like one kilometer. And they'd have like a little rest stop. And it would have a trash can and a picnic table and usually under a shade of a tree. So that's when I could like make sure I was going the right way, you know, take a little break. And um, I'm in the car with the uh, windows up and doors locked and a, a white um, beat up truck pulls over and he's he's waving for me to put my window down. So I just put it down halfway like me, but not, not very far because I don't know. And uh, he says, uh, you have water. I left. I don't have any water. I need water. Can you give me water? Now I had one water bottle. Uh, it's the desert. One of the nice ladies I had run into was like, you have to be real careful. You don't get dehydrated because it's so hot. So um, he's pointing to me like he wants to take a swig out of my bottle. And I'm thinking, you know, like and give it back. I, ugh, not doing that. And I said, well, I only have the one bottle of water. Like if you have a glass, you know, and sure enough, he produces this beat up dirty glass and I hand I take it I still wouldn't put the window down all the way you know he could be a perfectly nice man but I don't know so I I, I get it out the window like you know and and fill it up and give it back to him and he was very thankful you know he probably was just a nice man wanting water but you never know so um like my second night in Namibia uh, I had a but I thought wasn't going to be a very long drive, which turned into a very long drive, uh, as it seemed to do there. And, um, but I finally turn off the freeway to the road where the lodge is going to be. And I, I have to tell you, this lodge, uh, Mount Echo Safari Lodge, Mount Echo Safari Lodge, it was fan-freaking-tastic. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was a sign that said Mount Echo Safari Lodge, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I made it because I'd been so worried about the driving. And, um, but it was a long road. Like, you know, it wasn't just, it was many kilometers on a dirt road. And so I'm driving and, uh, you know, I'm new to the country and I'm going to be on safari later. And uh, I see a deer, what I thought was a deer. It was actually like a springbok. Uh, there's a whole bunch of like antelope family animals there. So like uh, impalas kudu, um, springbok, um, you know, there's a lot. Anyway, so, but it looks like a deer. It's just like a different type of deer. And I was like, a deer! Ah! And so, like, I back up the car. I remember you're not supposed to get out of the car because um, of animals. And I was taking pictures. I must have taken, I don't know how many pictures of this springbok. And, um, and then, as I'm driving further, I realized there's a deer under every tree. <laughs> I was so excited about the first one, and I didn't realize I was going to see a hundred before I get to the lodge. But now I, um, I'm still excited because I'm off the freeway. I'm almost at my destination. You know, I did it, and uh, then I get to a giant gate. Nothing on either side, the whole way across the whole road, uh, and padlocked. It just says stop. I was like, well, what do I do now? You're not supposed to get out of the car. Can't go forward. I have a reservation at the lodge. Huh. Huh, 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 huh. So I decided, okay, well, I got to get out of the car. And there was like a little shack there. So um, I think, well, maybe there's somebody in the shack. So I get out. I'm like, hello. Hello. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, hi. Anybody? 
anybody home? Nothing. And I'm thinking, what happens if you get to this gate at night? You know, I'm looking at the lock to see. And I was like, no, it's padlocked. So, and my next thought was, I guess I'll go honk the horn. But I still don't know how close I am to the lodge, anything. And uh, finally, guy comes out. And I'm like, oh, sheesh. And I tell him I'm staying there. He asks, you know, my name, stuff like that. He opens the gate and I'm like free and clear. I drive. And this is, I was like new in the country and I'm making some turns on this dirt road and I see two giraffe. I see two giraffe. I see an ostrich. I was like, wow. I didn't realize I actually picked this lodge because it was near the dinosaur prints that I wanted to see. Uh, so I didn't really have a ton of expectations about it. And, uh, Wow. But anyway, let me just back up a minute ago about that gate. So I, I met these real nice people on uh, at that hotel and um, the next night and we were talking and I, I mentioned the gate and they were like, oh my gosh, we got to that gate. And um, I'm like, the guy wasn't there, right? And they're like, no, the guy was there. And I was like, oh, so, you know, they didn't have the same problem I did with me going, hello. <laughs> they said, no, but um, he comes to the, he's on the other side of the gate and he says to us, uh, Metcho. And they're, they're a couple, and they're looking at each other like, Mecho. And he's like, Mecho! Mecho? Like a question. Mecho! And they're like, huh. And they're like, we're at the lodge. We're staying at the lodge. We have reservations at the lodge. And he's like, Mecho? And they're like, oh. So they, eventually they realized he was, it's called Mount Echo. And he was just saying it fast. Uh so that gate causes a lot of problems. Okay, so that lodge was van-freaking-tastic. It was, uh, I couldn't believe it because I, sometimes when you don't have a lot of expectations or you haven't done a ton of research about where you're staying, you can be so pleasantly surprised because I get in my room, the room was nice, had a jacuzzi tub in my room, but right outside. Uh, so here's the lodge and there's a little lake and then there's all these animals. There's hippos, baby hippos. Later on, there'll be elephants and baboons and all kinds of, uh, you know, impalas and springboks. Anyway, it, oh, <laughs> I've never been at a place where the animals were so close. I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, it was worth any gate, <laughs> any issue to get there because I love that place. I love it. So now I am going to go hike to see the dinosaur prints because I was very excited about that. I've never seen dinosaur prints, you know, um, fossilized dinosaur prints. Sounds interesting. So um, they gave me a map at the hotel and they said, yeah, you can drive your car part of the way. Uh, you know, you have to be careful. The road is you might not. Some people park closer. Um you know, drive as far as you think you can go and then park. So I was like, all right. So I get in my car, stay left, stay left, stay left. Uh, I get, and there's a gate. There's a gate with a dinosaur on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get out and go, hello, hello, hi, anybody home? But I'm sitting in front of the gate and then I realized, oh, this one isn't padlocked. So all right, I get out of the car, open the gate, drive the car through, shut the gate, and there's nobody but me in this place. Um, and I was like, all right. She said, I can drive. So I drive, and then it's getting really bad, bumpy. Um, I was afraid, what if it rains? It'll be mud. I won't be able to get out. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm worried about the car, so I could use the exercise. I got out shut the door, and I think, okay, let's hike to the dinosaur prints. And um, 
Lots of times when you you just arrive in a country, you don't have as much of your wits about you as you will later. You're still kind of tired from the long flights. Uh, you're still getting your travel groove on. And so I, I'm hiking, like I'm keeping track of uh, the time it takes because it's really hot. And I'm worried because those nice local ladies were saying you have to worry about getting dehydrated. They're worried about the scorpions and the snakes because I'm by myself. You know, there's nobody out here. I don't have anyone to call. And then I realized, Oh, you know, my phone with me. How stupid is that? Well, no, I can't really. I got nothing to, you know, I'm already hiking. Um, I'm already in this deserted place behind a gate. Uh, you know, if there is a scorpion or a snake, I, I didn't have the phone because there was a big note in the room saying, don't leave your electronics around. Make sure you put them in the safe. And so uh, and my, my, I didn't have any cell service anyway, and I didn't have any Wi-Fi. I, I mean, I had gone to many precautions trying to have internets and, and maps while I was driving because I was worried about it because I had some trouble in Iceland. And um, uh, so I paid more with my cell service, hoping I upgraded because I wanted to have service. And um, I get there and it's uh, no service in Namibia. Uh, I also had another guy had said, well, you know, they have these mobile global hotspots. So you buy, you buy it and you pay for it by the day. And I thought, well, I don't know how much care what it costs because I want to be able to have, you know, the maps on the phone. And so uh, I go to buy it at the airport before I go, and it's like, global, good in 120 countries. I scroll down on the, uh, and it's like, no, Namibia. Uh, it's like, darn. So other people had said, and I'd been talking about this to people, and they're like, because uh, most of my hotels had Wi-Fi, so it's like, you know, go ahead and get the directions, and then um, when you don't have the Wi-Fi, it should remember. Well, it didn't most of the time. <laughs> So here I was trying very hard to be prepared, and it was a wah, wah, wah. So anyway, here I'm on the dinosaur hike, worried about the scorpions and the snakes, and I'm by myself, and I don't have a phone, and I'm thinking, stupid, stupid, stupid. You're stupid, stupid, stupid. But then you get closer, and the signs are like, um, you know, you're almost to uh, 210 million years ago dinosaur prints. I mean, it's like, wow. So I get there and then I'm on a high because I got to see the dinosaur prints, got to put my hands on the dinosaur prints, put Herman and the dinosaur prints. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't run into any snakes or any scorpions. Uh, I hiked back down, got in the car, and it's like sometimes you want to do a little like um, uh, <laughs> clap for yourself. You're like, I did it. <laughs> Dolphin clap. Oh, yay. Survive. I had been all excited about doing this self-drive safari. And uh, my first day in the Atosha National Park, I get there and I I'd kind of decided, okay, I'm going to go this direction because my hotel was sort of in that direction of the park, sort of trying to cover a bulk of the park. And, um, I've been excited about this whole self-driving thing. I also knew that um, since I didn't have, like, you know, knowledge of the area, <laughs> it's not something I do for a living, that it might be harder for me to find the animals. And uh, that first day, I think it was like an hour and a half of bad, bumpy road <laughs> driving. <laughs> And I wasn't seeing anything. Uh, yeah, it's a desert. And it was kind of like, oh, hmm, 
hmm. And I finally saw a little jackal. Like a, it's like a dog, a wild dog. And I got excited about that. And then it was a lot, maybe like another hour of uh, driving. <laughs> no animals. And that's when you kind of get this, like you get on like a bummer. You know, you're like, this, this might be a bad idea. <laughs> just driving on bumpy roads with no animals. And then right then I turned to this uh, first good water hole that I went to. And uh, I turned and it's really hard to explain. It was like turning into an African dream. Like I, there was no other people, just me and my car. I make the turn near this uh, natural water spring, and there's giraffes, like, looming over my car. There's birds flying all around. There's lots of antelope and um, warthogs and elephants, and it was like, uh, and lots of zebras, and it was kind of like, Sometimes I feel like on these trips, you almost have to go through that little downer for then the the upper, the turning into an African dream to seem even better. I'd like to thank any of you that were so kind when you were going to do some Amazon shopping, maybe Christmas shopping 2018. Uh, You went to my website, bettyinthesky.com. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Uh, Somebody bought this past month Old Mother Hubbard Jingle Jangle Peanuttier Treats. Get this one, Astrophysics for Babies. Not quite sure about that. And bluegrass banjo for the complete ignoramus. You don't hear that word very often, ignoramus. (laughs) So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, think of me and go to bettyinthesky.com. Doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had quite a few stressful situations in Namibia, uh, one of which was uh, I was very concerned about having a flat tire or something wrong with the car because, you know, don't get out of the car and um, I don't have anyone to call, you know, it's not like they have AAA or any roadside assistance, you know, I got nothing. Uh, I got nobody. <laughs> and so uh, I kept noticing that my one tire looked kind of flat. So I was worried about it. And so uh, now I'm in the national park and there's like three filling stations and it's all quite a long, it's a big park. So I go to the first one and I get gas and then I ask, they have like full service, which is very civilized. And I say, hey, can you check my tires? Because the one, it looks low to me. So he checks them and he says, yes, this one is very low. You have a hole. And I was like, oh, well, can we fix it? Or should I change it to the spare? And he's like, um, no, just check at the next station have them do a water test. It was where they put the water to see if there's a hole. And I'm thinking, huh, now there's no other place for me to go. And the next station is like in the middle of the park. So it's like three hours away. So I'm on these gravelly bumpy roads where the car kind of shakes. And now I'm, and I'm worried about the hole in the tire. And don't get out of the car and the wild animals. And it's very stressful because I can't get out of the car to see if it looks low. Uh, you know, stay in the car. So he told me to go to the next gas station. So 
I wouldn't have gone to that gas station. It was out of my way, but I wanted to go because I was worried about the tire. And so I'm on the bumpy road. And, uh, and I, I'm, of course, thinking the worst. And I get to the gas station. I'm kind of like, okay, okay. They're going to do the water test. Everything will be fine. You know, don't have to worry about the animals. And uh, he says, um, yeah, you should check it the next one. The next gas station, which is like another three hours away. So uh, there's no other place for me to go. So I'm like, okay. So uh, finally, I get to the last park where I was going to be staying, and there was a nice woman. Thank goodness. Sometimes, you know, strangers really do you a solid. So the other two guys hadn't been very helpful, and I was very concerned about that tire. And so she took the time with me, and she said, oh, well, you know, I don't know much about tire pressure. And she's like, uh, you want your tires lower on the bumpy roads, the gravel roads, and you want it higher for the paved roads. And I was like, oh, good. And she goes, so you're going to be in the park today? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, we'll put it lower and I'll make a note of what the tire pressure is. And then you come back here. And I had to go back to that one to leave the park. I was going to be leaving the park that day. So I had to go back there anyway. That's where the gate was. And she's like, you come back here and then I'll reinflate it higher for the gravel road. I mean, for the paved roads. And I'll be able to tell if you've lost, you know, if you have a hole, because I'll be able to tell if you've lost air, you know. And I was like, oh, thank heavens. And you know what? That tire was fine. That tire was fine. So those other people had me, you know, stressing out for days. And that tire was fine. Uh, another, uh, so I was still worried about the tires. And so later on in the trip, everywhere I went to a gas station, I'd have them check the tire pressure. And um, they would ask you questions. Like uh, the one guy says, um, you know, they speak English. But he goes, uh, you want tubas? Like what I want with the tires. And I'm pointing, like I can open the, the car door and show there's a diagram what the tire should be. And he's like, tubas. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying. Tubas. I'm like, I don't know what tubas are. And I think he was saying two bars, like on his thing. Do I want two bars? But I still don't know what two bars mean. So some of the times it was kind of like, ah. One of the things that I like to do when I'm traveling is to give myself some room to change my mind because sometimes you get to a country and you realize you want to spend more time here, that maybe you were planning on going there and somebody else says, oh, that's really not worth going. So I had only booked the first half of the trip. I had planned out where I wanted to go and where I wanted to stay for the rest of it. But this way, I thought if I want to change my mind, I can. And it was a good thing I did because... uh. The drive times were taking so much longer than it said on the internet that if I would have done my original plan, I would have basically spent the whole time in the car and not really getting to enjoy any of the places. So I regrouped and changed my itinerary, and I'll probably go back to Namibia because the the places that I wanted to go that I didn't get to go looked really interesting and some people say are a highlight, but I really like the country, so I don't mind going back again. Okay, so... I didn't have the second half of the trip planned, right? Okay. Uh, which is fine because I decided to spend another day in the Atosha National Park because um, I didn't get to see 
even a fraction of it in the amount of time I had planned. So it was nice that I hadn't booked everything so that I could spend another evening. Okay, so then uh, my next place I was going to go was the finger clip area. Uh, Kind of like Monuments National Park. Uh, looked really beautiful. And the place that I was going to stay, this is one of the problems of not booking things, was then occupied. So you have to go to like plan B. So I'm I'm picking a hotel that I didn't do a lot of research on, but uh, looked nice, had good reviews. And actually it did turn out to be nice. But it when I first got there, I wasn't so sure because <laughs> um, I needed then to book the rest of my trip. I didn't have the rest of the trip booked, but I figured I'll go to that hotel. I'll use the Wi-Fi. You know, last time it was just in the restaurant. But this way, I had an idea of what I wanted to do the next, the rest of the trip, and we'll just book it and no problem, right? Well, this was a particularly difficult place to get to. Lots of um, roads going straight up. <laughs> it really was a beautiful location. and uh, But I get there, I'm checking in, And I see the sign that says, due to our beautiful remote location, there is no cell service and there is no Wi-Fi. And it was like, (laughs) now I don't have a reservation, but I wasn't that worried about that um, because, you know, I could always ask the hotel desk to call, but I couldn't then do any more research. And what I was concerned about is I then didn't have any directions about how to get to the next place. Um, We've gotten so dependent on uh, cellular devices, electronic devices. uh, But then I I was like, oh, 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 it's fine. It's okay. uh, Because I, I have bought a guidebook, a physical Lonely Planet, which I like guidebook. And, um, in a book form, but I didn't bring it because I'm always trying not to check bags, trying not to bring a lot of stuff. And I just paid extra and got the ebook version. So then it's on my iPad, doesn't take up any space, right? And it's already downloaded. So I'm like, it's okay that I don't have any internet. I'll just read stuff on um, my guidebook and I should be able to, you know, see the maps on the guidebook and I should, you know, everything is fine. So I go to the pool, really pretty pool there. And um, I have my iPad with me and uh, I don't know why I couldn't even get the page where it's like um, cloud reader. That's what it is on my iPad. Uh, It said can't open page because can't get to Amazon, but it's supposed to still be there. It's the whole point of downloading it, but I couldn't get to it, and I was trying to figure out a way to search for it, and now I'm getting a little, like, um, concerned, because I not only don't have a reservation for the next night, and I don't know how to get to where I'm going to go the next night. It's really like driving blind, you know? It's like, okay, this is exactly what I was trying to make sure didn't happen. (laughs) And so not only did they have any cell service or any Wi-Fi, but um, there wasn't any air conditioning in the room. And it is hot there. Hot. And there was a safe, but the safe was broken. So uh, now I have to leave the windows open because it's hot there. (laughs) And I was regretting, you know, sometimes you do that thing where you're regretting, you know, your second pick or not booking the other one that you wanted to stay at. I ended up really liking this place. But um, the the issue about the no air conditioning was a problem because, and no safe, is because I had to have to the windows open 
And now anybody can step in. And like, I don't want to lose all my stuff in Namibia and Africa. You know, I don't want to be money and credit cardless <laughs> along with no Wi-Fi. So I made this plan. I'm like, okay, I'm going to divide all of my money and cards and, and important things in three. So I put some in a, a container and put it in my car because I could lock my car, right? Okay. And how many people are going to be up there um, in the middle of the desert? It took forever to drive up there. So I thought it was probably pretty safe in the car. And then I, <laughs> it was like a stick ceiling. <laughs> and I'm standing on uh, chairs trying to figure out if I can put my wallet um, in the ceiling yeah, because people don't look up as much as what I figured out when I'm trying to hide things. So I put a third of my money in cards in the ceiling, and then the other third I kept on me. And when I was sleeping, I I I slept with it. <laughs> I'm gonna put a picture of the wallet in the ceiling on Instagram at Betty and the Scott. Okay, so then I'm at the pool, and um, a local lady comes to the pool, and I thought, okay, well. You know, this is how you used to do it. You ask somebody. So I was explaining to her that I, I didn't know or I didn't have a reservation for the next night. And I didn't know how to get to the next place because I didn't have Wi-Fi and my ebook won't pull up. And she was very nice. And actually, she recommended a hotel that wasn't on my itinerary, but she said she went there and she really liked it. And that there were animals right by your hotel room and you could see the animals from your room. And I was like, wow. So she made that sound great. And I said, well, I don't know how to get there. And I was asking her, well, they, the roads were marked. Actually, it was very civilized. Uh, they were well marked. It would be like B1, B2, B6, or like C33 or D123. And I said, well, what are the name of the roads to get there? And she was like, oh, I don't, I don't know the number of the roads. I just know how to get everywhere. You know, she's from there. And I was like, okay. She goes, but you know what? You, there's no problem. You just drive back an hour to Etjo. I pronounced it Outjo, O-U-T-J-O. But she's calling it Etjo and she's from there. But then I had stayed at Mount Etjo, which sounds the same, but it was spelled E-T-J-O. Anyway, she said, no problem. You drive back an hour which I thought was an interesting how people think of distances different because driving back an hour seems like a lot to me. But to her, it was like, it's no problem. Just drive back an hour. <laughs> so she goes, drive back an hour to Etjo, Aljo, and um, all of the restaurants there have Wi-Fi. And I had actually stopped there on the way to where I was going there in the desert and um, had noticed a nice little bakery. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll stop at that nice little bakery, have a coffee, and a pastry, and I'll be able to get on the Wi-Fi, and I'll be able to figure out where I'm going, and I'll be able to book the hotel, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm good. I wasn't going to do it from there, so it'd be like a two-hour drive. I just thought the next day, you had to check out at 10 a.m. everywhere, which was quite early. Um, I thought, okay, well, I'll just drive back there, get on the internet, you know, problem solved. So I knew how to get there, because I had already been from there. So that was fine. So I drive back and I'm feeling pretty good. And I get to the nice bakery and I, I get a coffee and I uh, get my iPad out and I, and I had gotten the password and I asked the waitress, I'm like, um, I, I can't seem to get on the internet. And she goes, oh yes, the network, there's a network problem. The whole internet is down for the whole town. And I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> my goodness. 
because <laughs> I don't know how to get to Amaruru. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll do it how you used to do it. And I said to the nice waitress, I'm like, hey, uh, I can't get on the internet and um, I'm trying to go to Omaruru and uh can you tell me how to get there? And she's like, yeah. So I have my paper out and my pencil and I'm like, okay, this is going to work now. And she goes, okay, you go to Star Foods. And I said, um, I don't know where Star Foods is. And she goes, you don't know where Star Foods is? And I'm like, no, you know, I don't live here. Uh, I just rolled into town. Um, she's like, okay, okay, go to the police station and then turn left. And I'm like, I don't know where the police station is. And she goes, you don't know where the police station is? I'm like, no. (laughs) This is all I've really seen is the gas station of this bakery. And um, she also didn't know the names of the roads. So I was was starting to get a little like, oh, oh, okay. Um, And she goes, hey, I'll go get another guy. So she goes, get another guy. And I explain my situation to him. And he doesn't know the name of the roads either. And he's like, go to the police station and turn right and head toward Otorongo. Otorongo? And I'm like, okay, um, can you spell that? I said, hey, could you write that down? Because I thought he was saying like Otorongo, like it begins with an A, but it actually began with an O-T-I. So I needed him to write it down. So now all I've got is <laughs> go to the police station and uh, go towards Otorongo. And I never did find a police station. And I had to drive around that town a bunch of times just trying to figure out how to get on the road to Adorongo. Um, and, you know, I didn't, couldn't check on any maps. Uh, really was uh, quite stressful. <laughs> so I made it to the Amaru Game Lodge that the nice lady had suggested. And, you know, she really did me a solid because that place was unfreaking believable. I mean, she was right. I had a room. And I could see giraffes and zebras and rhinos (laughs) from my room. So that night, again, it's like what I was talking about before, is sometimes you have to go down a bad road to get to like a glorious road. Uh, It just seems to be the way the world works, or at least when I'm traveling. And uh, that night, I had trouble sleeping because I roll around a lot. And every time I rolled around, went to roll over, I thought, oh, I got to see what's outside. <laughs> Let's see what's out there. Oh, it's giraffes. Oh, it's rhinos. Oh, it's ostrich. It was unbelievable. I'm staying at this uh, desert lodge and um one of the, they had like a rules of the property and like rule number two said, uh, hot water to be supplied by donkey. And so I'm thinking, ha 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 funny as a joke, right? Like, uh, I mean, we're, I, it, it took me a long time to drive up there. It was like straight uphill. They're going to have donkeys bring the hot water. And how does the, how does the water stay hot if it's supplied by donkey? <laughs> I had a nice chat with the manager there, and she's like, yeah, we get so many comments about that. And I'm like, yeah, because hot water supplied by donkey? That's not, that's odd. And she said, oh, they had these like um, kind of old-fashioned, kind of just like a fireplace, I noticed. Like, like say how you'd have like an air conditioning unit, uh, and said it was a fireplace, and that little I don't know if it was wood burning or coal burning. I don't know. But she calls they call that a donkey. And I was like, 
okay. And uh, <laughs> later on, um, I heard her on the phone, and she's like, donkey. And I'm like, you say that about the the water heating thing? And she's like, no, 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 that's that greeting goodbye, donkey. And I was like, okay. <laughs> when I was driving myself through Atosha National Park, it's where you can self-drive, and uh, which is very exciting. But you also do a lot of driving without seeing anything. And you're not supposed to get out of your car. You know, there's lions and um, hyenas and leopards and cheetahs. So big signs everywhere. Don't get out of your car. Don't get out of your car. So when I would get to a watering hole, which is where the animals would be because it's so dry, so they would go to the only watering sources, and they had a map where all the watering holes are. Very civilized. So when I would get to these watering holes, I would kind of like um, roll down my windows and undo my seatbelt. So I was sort of stretching, even though I can't get out of the car, you know, moving around a bit, because I would drive like eight hours a day. I was doing like an eight-hour self-drive safari every day. And so, you know, that's a lot of sitting and not, not get out of your car. So when I get to the watering holes, I would put the windows down and sort of wait for things. And I would have Herman, you know, my pet turtle with a suction cup, Herman, <laughs> uh, on the window in case there's a good picture. And, um, And then I would be doing things like looking to see where the next watering hole was, you know, doing stuff in my car. And then I look up and one time I was like, huh, why are the zebras running? And and this giant, there's different, the elephants come in many different sizes, but this giant elephant, you know, like bull male elephant was like so close to my car that I did the Herman scream. Ah! Okay, so how did I almost kill Herman? Well, I had him on the window a lot with the suction cups uh, to take pictures for Instagram. I had great Instagram photos for this trip. And um, it's at Betty in the Sky. Anyway, uh, you know, you get a little complacent uh, because I would stop at the watering holes, put the windows down, turn the um, car off. This way, you know, you could hear more of the animals and everything. Uh... It was nice to get some fresh air, and um, I just left Herman on the window, right? The passenger window where I was usually uh, taking pictures out of, and um, now I'm driving, and uh, I get, um, I was leaving the gate, right? And um, there's like, you know, you have to fill out paperwork, you need permits and stuff, and I think they also check to make sure that you left, <laughs> You know, if you're in there uh, or whatever, you know, maybe, I don't know, um, you know, rules and regulations. So he tells me to roll down my window and I roll down my window and I hear, and I was like, oh, I felt something go flying. I put the window down with Herman on the passenger window and he, I, I, I knew he was in the car because I heard, but I was afraid he was going to be like smashed like a pancake. But you know what? I guess when he came down, when I put the window down, I and mean, we so stupid for me to, and you know, nobody noticed. Luckily, that um, that I had a turtle on the window. Uh, but um, when it went down, he must have popped off the suction cups. So when when I I get past the guard, you know, and um, I'm looking around the car, I'm like, "Where's Herman? Where's Herman?" Ah, but Herman's fine.
Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. Uh, we'll have the rest of the Namibia stories in the next podcast. And I also um, mentioned Instagram photos a few times in this episode. And um, I know a lot of people don't want to join another social media site or download an app. And so just in case you want to see the photos, you can just go to my website, bettingthesky.com and click on Instagram photos. So I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Donkey! Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.